6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. You know, taking a, you know, having a conversation about long-term care, there's some good news today for folks living in long-term care and continuing care facilities in Alberta. Um, today is the day the province is easing some of the COVID-19 restrictions at those locations. So we know that the province has now increased the number of people allowed to visit from two to four, and where possible indoor social visits can happen, up to four people from the same household can, uh, can get together. And outdoor social visits with up to 10 people including the the long-term care resident will be allowed now we know that if there is one thing that the pandemic has really shone a spotlight on is the need for long-term care standards in this country it's a conversation that we have had numerous times on this show now a commitment to that was made back in september in the throne speech it was recommitted in last month's budget a bunch of money was allocated to it as well But if we go back before that to last October, Dominic LeBlanc, the intergovernmental affairs minister, said he was prepared to move forward with national standards in a matter of weeks, not months. And in an interview this weekend with the West Bloc's Abigail Beeman, she asked Minister LeBlanc why seven months later there is nothing tangible on that front. Three billion dollars. Uh, confirmed in a budget two or three weeks ago, I think is quite tangible. The National Standards Council deciding to work with a panel of experts to quickly develop those standards, again, is something tangible. And my conversation with at least three premiers in the last week tells me that they're ready to announce uh, joint efforts with us very soon on how we can collaborate to uh, to set those national standards. And we're going to proceed, Abigail, with jurisdictions um, that want to join us. So that was Intergovernmental Affairs Minister Dominic LeBlanc on uh, the West Block with Abigail Beeman this week. And joining me now is Dr. Vivian Stamatopoulos. She's a long-term care advocate and a researcher. She's a professor in the Faculty of Social Sciences and Humanities at the University of Ontario Institute of Technology. Dr. Stamatopoulos, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's, it's good to talk with you again. Let's start with this. I mean, Minister sure. LeBlanc, you just heard that uh, You heard that clip. Um, he was asked, you know, why seven months after you said, you know, we're going to get moving on this in, in weeks, not months. He said, well, the dollars yeah. put forward in the budget is tangible <laughs> proof. The panel that they put together is tangible. Your thoughts, is it tangible? <laughs> uh, no, I've got quite a few thoughts. I am not happy with the federal government around this, and neither is my, uh, you know, advocacy group, uh, Canadians for Long-Term Care Standards, nor all of the Canadian health coalitions who we partnered with on April 27th actually have a national day of action uh-huh. against the very lack of action we're seeing. Like, first of all, he points to $3 billion over five years. Okay, let me tell you why that's laughable. You know you fund what you care for. They provided $30 billion over five years for child care. And I'm all for national child care, but I'm also all for national long-term care, given the worst humanitarian crisis in our collective long-term care history happened over the course of this pandemic yet you're only providing three billion over five years it's laughable it's 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 literally a drop in the in the bucket you know what yeah sorry 
No, I was just going to say, I, I, I feel that this government and, and many governments uh, spend so much time on doing a review and putting together reports oh. and, and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and I get that, in a way, you know, we need to have a, a pretty good idea of, of what we're doing, but there has to be some things that could be done yeah. Yeah. Imme- immediately. And, 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 you know, oh. when you take a look at employees and pay, that sort of yep. stuff, I mean, yep. that that would be tangible, immediate yeah. results, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, frankly, in my opinion and and, then you know my fellow advocates we see this as just simply grandstanding and and just passing the buck further down the road because quite frankly Mm -hmm. we know what needs to happen and we know what needs to happen now we don't need more committees to tell us what we already know we have two decades plus worth of committee inquiries commissions reports ad finitum ad nauseum we know what needs to happen they need to draft legislation which will address these very important things like staffing as you said that is one of the biggest if not the biggest problems in this sector Right, we have far too many precariously employed, part-time, often racialized females, many of which are new to Canada, doing this work for terrible pay and in terrible working conditions. and, and, you know, things like better penalties with enforcement, we would like to see. And indeed, it was Prime Minister Trudeau himself who first raised the, you know, ability to amend the criminal code. Why hasn't that happened? We know that needs to happen. We have various people testifying right now um, calling for this very thing on a standing committee re-elder, regarding elder abuse. So we know this needs to happen. He brought it up in September. Why has nothing moved on that front, right? Uh, having more full-time. Um, better training for the workers, and most importantly, phasing out for-profit, because we know, both pre-pandemic and all throughout this this pandemic, the disastrous consequences of for-profit ownership. I mean, there's just no denying the data that we have before us. Dr. Stamatopoulos, we know um, that uh, long-term care falls under provincial and territorial jurisdiction and, you know, trying to do a national set of standards um, seems to me like some of the provinces are saying, hey, yeah, we're willing to work on this. Some of the other provinces are like, hey, we don't want to be told what to do, what not to do. How concerned are you with with, uh, the, the relationships between the federal government and the provinces and the ability to come together? and do something on this. I'm very concerned. I mean, you know, what, what they're moving to towards right now is accreditation, which is useless since the majority of homes in Canada are accredited. And look where that got us. It got us nowhere. Yeah. Right. So what we need is actual solid financial resources put into federally legislated standards and, and it, to make it attractive enough that the difficult provinces, let's be honest, Ontario, Quebec, will want to buy onto it, right? Because we know a, major, a lot of premiers are already, you know, totally on board with national standards. Why wouldn't you be? Frankly, it's, it's ludicrous that anyone at this point observing what we all saw this past year wouldn't be all hands on deck for creating safe and meaningful long-term care standards. So we don't have this happen again once the next pandemic hits or the next national emergency. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It's grandstanding. We have to do better by these seniors and these persons with disabilities, and there's no reason why we can't do that immediately. (laughs) Why are we constantly delaying this? Horrific reports in uh, the Globe and Mail today, um, you know, uh, documenting words from the Canadian military Mm -hmm. saying that uh, dozens of residents in two Ontario nursing homes uh, died not from COVID-19, but from dehydration and neglect. This is, and and, I mean, we we saw some of the initial reports certainly that came out of Quebec from uh, from the Canadian military, and I and and I mean that was horrific. This, you know, it they, they it just keeps 
we're just finding out more and more, Vivian, and it and it's and it breaks my heart and it makes me angry. And I know it's yeah. making you angry. I can yeah. I can hear in your voice. But this this story today again, another one yeah. is just how did did this happen, and how can we ensure that it doesn't happen again? We know how this happened, and frankly, those of us that were on the ground floor really talking to families and the staff and, and residents knew that this was happening the entire time. This is why I've been angry for well over 400 days straight, yeah. for good reason, as has all of these families and the staff who felt betrayed and left on their own. Sometimes, you know, upwards of 80% of the staff in these homes were gone, just left. Yeah. Either they were sick or they decided this isn't worth the, the dangerous working conditions we're being put in by a lot of these for-profit providers and walked off, understandably, right? Um, but then to find out with the Long-Term Care Commission, this was first leaked in the Long-Term Care Commission report that came out last week that mm-hmm. 26 residents died from dehydration upon arrival of the military to the five homes. We only learned today the name of the actual home where the, that military note came from, and it was Downs v. Long-Term Care. And, and I've been calling for all day, and I've been calling for this for, for months, for criminal standards. I mean, criminal charges. We know that this is the failure to provide the basic necessities of life. And, and various different levels of, you know, police can follow up on this. The OPP now are, are looking into this, thanks to Andrea Horvath, who called for that. Um, in addition to Toronto Police Services, should be looking into this home because it falls in their jurisdiction. Okay, so, you know, here in Alberta, the, the government has introduced uh, Bill 70, uh, legislation that would shield long-term care and supportive living operators oh. from COVID-19-related lawsuits, provided they acted in, quote, good faith and yeah, followed public health me- measures. Yeah. <laughs> they did this in Ontario, did this, Premier Ford did this back in October. They worked through record speed to get this done, yet in, in over the course of the entire year, they couldn't put together a pandemic emergency plan for long-term care, but in under a month, they could push through liability legislation to protect these bad actors. It just shows you where their priorities are. I mean, give your heads a shake, people. It's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Ridic- so here we are, um, uh, 14, 15 months into into this now, um, and 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 thankfully the situation in in the facilities uh, has improved mainly because of a vaccine. Um, where do you see what's next, Vivian? What do we have to do next? What has to be done next? Where do you see this going? Well, I, I want federally legislated standards immediately, but it just from the home level, like I was very excited to see what Alberta did today with um, opening yeah, up visitation, which is the next yeah. thing we need to happen, right? Because in Ontario, we're still operating with the September visitation guidelines. I mean, at the head of the you know, second wave where we were losing seniors by the hour, now we have the, the sectors fully vaccinated. The deaths are, you know, negligible mm-hmm. at this point, and they're protected, yet we're still, I don't know, our Minister of Long-Term Care is Pokeru. She she hides. I don't know where she is, but she has not done the one thing that families are begging for now. Please start to reunite us because these residents have maybe days, maybe weeks left. I mean, you know, the, the average tenure of, of livelihood from being admitted to a long-term care home is between a year to a year and a half. They've already lost a year, you know, over a year. They don't have much time left. This is the time to now reunite these families. And thank God for Alberta doing this today. But my God, why isn't Ontario doing this when the numbers are now negligible the sector is vaccinated start opening up these homes give them start at least providing a qualified you know a dignified end to life because this is what it is now it's the end of life 
Dr. Stamatopoulos, before I let you go, anything else that you want uh, you know, my listeners to know or to keep in mind about where we are right now and, and, and what, what we should be watching for? I just really hope everyone, when it comes time to elections, um, really puts the pressure on both the federal and provincial levels that this is an election issue. It should be an election issue. And if people aren't thinking that, you know, long-term care will touch them, you know, you, you got you to gotta stop and take a moment and realize that, you know, we're all going to age. So it, it mm-hmm. behooves you to start pressing for change now, because by 2025, we're going to have more seniors yeah. in Canada than ever before. And we need to start dealing with this now or we're going to have a whole lot more problems yeah. in the very near future. So yeah, we really need to make this a, an election issue. I yeah. agree with you, doctor. Thank you for joining me once again. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, take care, Dr. Vivian Stamatopoulos, uh, this afternoon. So you heard the Intergovernmental Affairs Minister, uh, Dominic LeBlanc, saying that, you know, uh, this was back in October, saying he was willing to move on it in weeks, uh, not months. Seven months later, we're still, we're, still, <laughs> we're still sitting here waiting to see, you know, what is going to happen on this front. And I think it's important that we don't forget forget about what happened in those long-term care homes uh, in in uh, in this country. There was a report that was published by the Canadian Institute for Health Information that showed between March 1st of last year and February 15th of this year, more than 2,500 care homes across the country had outbreaks, had COVID-19 outbreaks, resulting in the deaths of more than 14,000 residents and close to uh, 30 staff. We know that those aged 80 and up account for almost 67% of Canada's total COVID-19-related deaths. Those 70 to 79, about 20% of COVID deaths. Um, So, you know, the good news is we are seeing vaccine. We're seeing most of, uh, you know, our our people in long-term care and continuing care facilities vaccinated. We are seeing how those numbers have have changed on that end. So that is good news. So um, with those uh, few restrictions that were eased today in Alberta long-term care homes, good for families on that front. But, you know, Dr. Stamptopoulos makes a really, really great point here. And, and and it's not just about what has happened, but looking down the road as this population ages, as, as you and me, as we continue to age, you know, what does it look like? What do, what does, you know, long-term care, what does continuing care look like in this country, in this province, 10, 20 years from now? You know, what safeguards are going to be in place? How, um, you know, we take a look about, uh, you know, rooms and about settings and about, um, you know, venting. All of these things that have come up over the past 14, 15 months. Is it going to change? Are we just going to get another review, which we seem to see over and over again, right? Well, let's have another review before we make any, uh, any decisions.